Vermont Viewpoint is a public affairs program produced and funded by WDEV and the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to vtviewpoint at radiovermont.com. Good morning. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. And joining me in studio is Tracy Lewis, who's the executive director of the Barry Partnership, my most favorite town, actually. So we're going to be talking about what's new in downtown Barry. So, Tracy, welcome. Thank uh, you. Yes. You were just telling me she used to work um, with, with what radio station? Great Eastern Radio. Great Eastern Radio. There you go. Um, so anyway, you've been at the Barry Partnership since 2019. So could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and um, why you wanted to become involved with the Barry Partnership? Okay. Um, so I'm Tracy Lewis, Executive Director of the Barry Partnership. Um, I began at the partnership in May of 2019. And... Um, I would say that this is my dream job. Um, born and raised in central Vermont and uh, just grew up here. Uh, I love the community. And um, then working with the radio station, getting to know a, many, many Barry business mm-hmm. owners. And um, so then to get into this role as the executive director and I get to promote these people and businesses all day, every day. Um <laughs> That was a dream come true. That's cool. Well, it's a great, it's a great city, town, Barry City. Great city. Um, uh, when I worked, I worked part time for the, for Steve, um, city manager uh-huh. in his office. And so I too got to know everybody pretty well. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Also, when I was a representative, I, they had Berlin and part of Barry City at the time. Um, down by the Allen Lumber, which is now something else, which I can't remember. Sorry. R.K. Miles. Uh, uh, thank you. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about um, the partnership, its mission, and who's involved in the work you do? Okay. So our mission is to um, – do, uh, no, uh, that's funny. <laughs> she knows uh, it. Yeah. So we bring vibrancy to the downtown. We help with economic development and growth. So bringing that down into layman's terms, we put on the Berry Heritage Festival. We put on food trucks. We do events to help um, promote the vibrancy in the downtown to bring people and show them that Berry is a great place to live, work, play, and visit. And um then the economic part of it is helping promote the businesses and the community and getting people there. That's great. Um, and you were, you talk on your website, which I would encourage people to go to the website. There's something we're going to talk about in a few minutes on that website, which you've got to check out. Anyway, um, you talked about the historic downtown. Where is that? Uh, you know, where does it? What's the border of the it's downtown? It's basically Main Street. Main Street. Yeah, it's it's. From, you know, up where the Historical Society, right. right in front of there, all the way down to about uh, um, Mr. Z's. Oh, there you go. Cool. Yeah. yeah. At the intersection. That's great. Um, because um, I just always hear about it. I never ask that question. So we're all shopping in historic, in a historic place. Yes. Um, so what's the benefit uh, that comes to Barry with the, you got the partnership designation of downtown status. There's a lot that goes with that from the state and maybe federal level. I don't know. Uh, state level yeah. is, um, there's actually 24 designated downtown or, um, organizations in the state of Vermont. We just, there has been 23 and I believe Hardwick 
last week or the week before just got their de- downtown designation. So there's 24 downtown designations, and um, the the town or the city that has these get special tax credits for having us in the city or town, and um, they they get different. Um, Funds, funding right. sources. Yep. Yep. Um, well, they're always talking about revitalizing the downtowns. And yes. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, Governor Dean started that a long time ago. He wanted to see um, that the downtowns um, grow, have have individuals living there in the downtown and making it vibrant. Yeah, um, in our downtown organizations, uh, we recently went um, and asked Governor Scott to, to – um, fund us and put us on their budget, our downtown coalition group. Right. And so we're working with, with that. That's really year. great. So you get tax credits and then some funding for economic development. Um, so I this is the the thing that really got to me. It said, on your website, and I'm going to read this, it's going to take a few minutes. Uh, on your website, you presented the following information. Barry is the self-proclaimed granite center of the world, rich in heritage and resilient in the face of changing economies. Major infrastructure upgrades and streetscape improvements along with several redevelopment initiatives and a resurgence of entrepreneurship. Um, so maybe we could talk about each one of those things and talk about um, Barry and what's happening in these areas. The first, of course, is resilient in the face of changing economics. And we probably throw in COVID yeah. in that discussion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Barry um, – when COVID hit, it was it was kind of devastating. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the world, but being in the partnership role and just seeing the businesses that I've been promoting right. um, having to close and shut down, it was it was it was hard to see. Right. Um, and trying to figure out like how can we help? And I worked hours upon hours and. We did daily posts about what businesses were open, what businesses uh, were closed, what businesses, hours, what were the, what were their um, special services that they were providing? Were they providing um, curbside assistance? Were they providing delivery? Um, things like that. So we really stepped up our game during COVID um, to help with getting the word out for the businesses. And that's kind of what we do even when it's not COVID. You know, we have to promote and and try to get the word out because um, with marketing and stuff, it's hard to, you know, you do want your group, but when we share it, it gets to a whole nother right, group. Exactly. So it's... So what interests me, and I and shamefully I haven't been there yet, but every one of my friends has been, and they loved it. The meltdown, mm-hmm. which is up uh, Route, it's three, is it three hundred two? Three hundred two, right? Yeah, and they opened up Washington smack Street. in the middle of COVID. They I mean, did. I believe it was them. July, July first or something. Yeah, and or it's third. doing gangbusters. I hear it is amazing. Yeah. If you haven't been, you need to I know, go. I know. Especially, uh, I think they're closed today because they're usually closed Tuesday, Wednesdays. Um, but they had their famous, um, their Valentine's Day was shrimp and their Alfredo sauce over, over the grilled cheese. Right. Oh. oh my God! And then they have these amazing. 
pies and moose cakes oh, and um, cheesecakes. I, we have to go. We live on cheese. I don't think I cook without cheese on anything. And if the recipe doesn't say it, I add it anyway. And it's not just great food. The atmosphere, Diane and her whole group have done an amazing job. That's great. Uh, you go in and you feel just so comfortable and it's a great atmosphere. That's really great. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, we love Barry. I, I really do. I, we don't have, we're working on it in, in Berlin, a downtown. And I was, uh, always lived near a downtown in mm-hmm. Tarrytown, New York, and where I came from in New Jersey. So I'm used to the downtown. And I think a community loses something if you don't have, because in Berlin, if you don't have kids, because that's sort of the center is the elementary school. Yeah. And, um, I don't have any knock on wood. Oh my God. Can't even think about it. Um, so the next thing that on this website talked about all the major infrastructures that you did, sewer, the main street reconstruction, lighting. And I must say that was supposed to uh, attract businesses because especially the sewer, that really needed some fixing quick. Yeah. So we did a whole, uh, the big dig yep. back in, um, I think it wrapped up in 2011 or 2012, and um, it was it was difficult for the businesses to right. you know like trying to get through all of that construction in the downtown. Um, but they did; it looks great, and you know we do our banners on the light poles in the downtown, and then this past uh, holiday season we did lighted garland. We did a grant um, with the Better Places program, and um, we were able to do light up the city project and had lighted garland on all the poles in the downtown. Nice. And then with the help of volunteers from the Barry City Fire Department, they did all of the trees nice. in City Hall Park. And it was just magical. No, So the gazebo is under your jurisdiction? It the, is. Because that looks, always looks fabulous. Thank you. That really does. Thank you. Um, I told Berlin if they got their act together, I'd get them a gazebo, the McDonald, the McDonald gazebo. <laughs> nice. Uh, but um, anyway, so a little few more topics. Um, you you talked about redevelopment initiatives, and could you talk about what that refers to? And I don't know whether it refers to like things like the Reynolds House or things that have been turned. And actually, where where your offices are now, you should talk about that. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, we have, we are lucky enough to have, um, some, let me think of the good word to use, some great community members that love our community and have done some amazing redevelopment projects. Mm-hmm. Look at the Reynolds house. Absolutely gorgeous. Is that incredible? It is, it is just, uh, breathtaking. Yeah. And then you've got, uh, the People's Health and Wellness, um, yeah. right on, down on, on Church Street. That has been, uh, redevelopment. And then, uh, where the Meals on Wheels program is, uh, over on Washington Street. Those are all, um, have been redevelopment and I'm hoping our, our home, the Wheelock House, is the next yeah. one right. on the, on the uh, plan to redevelop. Just for people listening, can you give a visual of the Wheelock House? Because it's one of the most attractive, I think, buildings in Barry. It is the cutest yeah. little gem in downtown Barry. It's the little red cottage uh, right across from uh, Two Loco, Sidewalk Village, right. and... Um, my sister calls it the Stuart Little House of Main Street. <laughs> um, I just love it. I That's think great. it's it's 
one of the oldest and yeah. that's still remaining yeah. in the and downtown. And you would see it if you go through. It's the red brick. Yes. Right, with, and on top, is that a – what? Do, how do they refer to the top part of the building? Is there that is some – it is a slate top. Um, there is one room upstairs, ah, right. um, but it's just one one room. And it's funny when you when people walk in because it looks so tiny. Yeah. Um, the very front part is the original piece. And then um, – as the years have gone on, mm-hmm. people have added to it and added to mm-hmm. it. I think there's been three um, add-ons. Is that going back? Going or? straight back. Oh, okay. Uh, right. So it's a long, narrow building. Um, but the cute, it's it's yeah, just yeah, adorable. It's ador- it is adorable. That's right. I'm glad that the people are jumping in to help you because you would I don't think Barry would want to lose that building. I'm hopeful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've put in our offer and our plan of redeveloping it and bringing it back to its original beauty. That's great. So there was one, two more actually on, on that quote I just read. Resurgence of entrepreneurship in downtown. Could you talk about some of those awesome entrepreneurs? Yes. So I'll... Uh, one of the great fun that we get to do is work with entrepreneurs and try to help them go from, you know, their kitchen mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and making things in their kitchen to um, developing and opening business in Barry. And um, while we're not the economic development organization for Barry, uh, BADC is, right. um, we do kind of help get um, entrepreneurs um Pointed in the right direction and pushed to the right people to talk to, um, whether it's financing or uh, grants or um, trying to find a space. So we get to we get to talk to people, and um, I have the pleasure, you know, with the, our farmers market, mm. um, seeing some of these these people coming and. I just want to try it for the first time and <laughs> and giving them a chance to come and try it and then watching them over the years grow and develop and and just um really getting ready to open their own business that, because they can you know they've right. they've worked it and right. so to be able to um work with them from, you know, almost day one. It's great. One kind of story that this reminds me of is last year we decided we were going to do a kid's night at our farmer's market once a month. And um, I had this young girl reach out to me and she was 17 years old. And during COVID, she had taken up crocheting Mm. and she really was very shy. She told me she was very shy, and but this is something she wanted to do because eventually she wants to own and run her own business. So I said, you can come to any market. It doesn't have to be kids' nights. You're right. basically right. almost an adult. Um, so I let her come the first year for free, and um, hmm. she has gone – from this little shy sweet girl to uh she's selling things around the world she um she's done like TikToks and and Instagram and really increased her following and opened like an online store and you know it's right. just just the start and she's 18 years old she hasn't even graduated high school so um it's great to see. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. And for those of us who buy at Farmer's Market, chance to help. Yes, it is. So we're, the, the Farmer's Market, when I worked in Barry, used to be on the 
the circle on the um, on the grass. Where is it now? I, so it it moved quite it, a few it, times. It did. I know it's moved. <laughs> and, uh, I'm I'm big on farmers market. I used to, but you used to have it on Wednesdays. Instead. It, it is still on it Wednesdays. Still is. Okay. Yeah. So it's Wednesdays three thirty to six thirty, and it's in the Pearl Street Pedway. That was you know redesigned, um, and we did the ribbon cutting for Pearl Street in 2019, um, December. And so we had, when I started, it was kind of combined with our concerts in the park on Wednesday evenings over in Courier Park. And then March hit in 2020 Mm -hmm. and we weren't allowed to do concerts, but we were allowed to do farmer's markets. So, um, with Courier Park being a little off the beaten path, I thought it would be best to try to to utilize Pearl Street Pedway and bring it bring the farmers market back into the downtown, um, get Main Street exposure. And so that was that happened in twenty twenty and um when I started in 2019, I had three vendors, and not even one of them was a farmer. And um, so I had a hard time calling it a farmer's market. And um, this past year, 2022, we had 24 vendors. And they didn't weren't able to show up every week, but we had between 15 and 18 vendors a week. Nice. So um, now they're afraid that we're outgrowing Pearl Street Pedway. Um and I hope we don't because I do love the location. I love it being downtown. Um, Main Street is really busy between 3.30 and, and 5.30. And so people driving, it's, they're always cranking their heads over. And um, we even had one woman uh, last year stop and she was just driving by and she was from New Hampshire. You know, we try to talk to people and see where they're from, right. how they knew about it. And she just said she was driving through. So I like the location. I think it's great. And um, this winter we're doing a winter's market over at the um, old labor hall. It's the last oh, Wednesday. Oh, perfect. That's great space. Yeah. So it's the last Wednesday of each month in January, February, March and April. So next week, next Wednesday, yep. we'll be over at the labor hall and um they they're putting it on That's and right. and i'm assisting so it's not only a great place um pearl street uh, and then to go to the labor hall there's parking there there is there, that's a good thing that's a plus yeah that's really great so um is where would you put a and r market in that discussion are they is peter sort of an entrepreneurship because he started i think in his kitchen yes yeah, yeah. and um his location, I don't know if people know that he does the manufacturing for Vermont Salumi right. in the back. Right. Um, and if, if you haven't gotten a tour of it, it's, it's absolutely yeah. amazing. See, when he opened that door and you saw rows and rows of salami hanging yeah. from the ceiling, I went, good grief. But it's the one stop shopping because you've got uh, Pearl Street Pizza. Yeah. There's a bar there that serves beer and wine. And then the food is, uh, just amazing. All specialty foods coming from all kinds of awesome places, and I've gotten hooked. And my husband loves the frozen lasagna, which they make there. So it's a good place to pop in. Yeah, so AR Market opened in October of, of 2020. And, um, and um, so that was great. And then Pearl Street Pizza opened in uh, January of 2022. 
So um, both of them opened during COVID, um, but they're a great addition to our downtown. If anybody heard my cell phone going <laughs> off, I apologize. I was just going to ask Tracy, turn your cell phone off? No. <laughs> but it was a patriotic song, so that's not too bad. So bear with me while I turn this thing off. Good grief. You think I'd know after all these years. <laughs> but I'm addicted. All right. Thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. And we did a show with uh, with Peter and um, – um, Forget his last name. Sorry, but Coleman. anyway, uh, yeah, and uh, it was—it's just his enthusiasm is incredible. He's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, uh, funny story is we were working and putting up the garland for the light up the city project, and he saw us out with with um, ladders and the garland, and he came out. He said, "I have one hour." I can help. Good and for him. That was very nice. Yeah. He, well, he's got a lot of energy. <laughs> he does. Uh, young man. Yes, he does. So we've only got two more minutes before we have to take a break. And we have Jim from Barry on the phone. Jim, do you have a question for uh, Tracy? Well, it's actually a comment and a compliment. Uh, the first comment is I love uh, the meltdown, but I heard recently that the cook from the old Dell's restaurant is actually – the, the main chef there. That's so right. That That's correct, yes. And we do miss Dell's, don't we? So if you have that Alfredo sandwich that I was talking about, um, that's the famous Dell's Alfredo sauce. That's great. Well, she was up at the golf golf course for a while, right? The restaurant up there. Because I saw, I saw her when we were up. And when you ordered a Bloody Mary, it was like getting an entire It's like, a whole meal. Stew. Yeah, exactly. Whole it was meal. incredible. But anyway, thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate the call. I got a second comment. Okay. You there? Yep. Uh, I I recently drove by the downtown right around Christmas time coming from 302, and I literally had to stop and take a picture of those lights. It was striking. And I still have it on my phone. And kudos to, I didn't know how it came about. Uh, I heard the fire department had something to do with it, but I really didn't know how, uh, what motivated it, uh, what how it came about. But kudos to you guys, kudos to the fire department. It looks outstanding. Thank you and very I'd much. Like to see it. I think like Tracy's the, the mastermind. Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd like to add a great big Christmas tree next year to it. That would be cool. Church place, parking place. Yep. But anyway, thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you, Jim. Thanks for calling. And now we're going to turn to Mary in Randolph Center. Mary, you've got a question for our guest? Well, just a comment, but good morning, ladies. Um, I work for Silo Distillery, and I've taken part every year in the Brattleboro Love Crawl. And I think it's such a fun event. They have local uh, businesses, and they host a distillery or a brewery or a cheesemaker or a candy maker to come into their store, and people buy tickets. And the um, the people stroll around town and go into all the different businesses and talk to the business owners and then have a little taste of some little goodie that's there in their store. And it's a great evening. Um, you know, in Brattleboro, people were coming in and they'd be like, oh, hi, Donna, hi, Nancy, and just hugging and everybody cool. was seeing each other. And it's such a great thing. It's it's put on by the Downtown Brattleboro Alliance, hmm. and they've done it for years, but this was the first year back since since COVID, and it's just a great thing for the business owners. They get people that might never come into their store, uh, but they come in because it's such a fun night. Thank you, Mary. That was her. what's the name of this event again? <clears throat> Excuse me. It's called the Brattleboro Love Crawl. L U V. 
Ah, excellent. I'm writing it down. Thank you, Mary, very much. Uh, We do have to go to break right now. This is Pam McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Be right back. Did you know that Radio Vermont Group Digital Services can create videos including drone footage? We've even won awards for our videos. If you'd like to learn more and see examples of our work, go to rvgdigital.com. Radio Vermont Group, we're more than just radio. Hi there, it's Pat McDonald back with you at Vermont Viewpoint and my guest Tracy Lewis, who is the Executive Director of the Barry Partnership. First, I forgot to tell you all, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's yes. Day. And on the other side of that uh, happy coin, prayers for everybody who's dealing at the university and all the things that we've got going on. Just just hold them in our prayers. That's cool. Tracy, um, the reason sometimes when I do my research for the shows, I get really surprised by learning something really amazing. And what I found that you talk about on your on your website is the Main Street Four Point Approach and the Main Street Movement. And I'm going to send that link to anybody I can think about in municipalities. Could you talk about that? What a great resource. It is a great resource. And uh, we're a member of the Main Street uh, program. And um, it ha- it's... It's so um, interesting and educational to to mm. read that uh, for for approach, and um, we're lucky enough. Um, our state agency, the ACCD, and um, they do a little bit of a grant to help um, some of the downtown organizations go to uh, Main Street America's uh, yearly um, event. Nice. So last year I went to my first one. I was supposed to go, I think, in in 2020 to Texas, and of course that was canceled. So um, last year I was able to go to Richmond, Virginia for for three days and to sit there and talk with all of these other organizations, these downtown directors that are doing the same kind of work that I'm doing, but in their own region Mm -hmm. and hearing that some of our issues that we think we have and we're alone in having isn't the case. It's all across America. And, um, that those three days of going to uh, different classes and and meetings and talking to um, other organizations mm. is just so beneficial. Oh, absolutely! And um, I came back with notes and my phone with screenshots and everything and all these plans to do like oh this this place in in uh, Mississippi does this and um, mm. it's it's educational it really puts the life back into like excitement of okay this is what I can do now and this is what I can do um so the Main Street program is just an amazing thing to be a yeah, part that's of. That's great. Yeah, I'm going to try to get the word out. I'm sure they already know, especially if ACCD is involved. Um 
It's, and you know, when I was at Motor Vehicles, um, there was a, a book that the Washington folks put out. It was called Why Reinvent the Wheel. And it was all ideas from other DMVs across the, the nation. And that's where, when we did our reorg and stuff, that's where I got a lot of the, a lot of the solutions right there in the book. Um, so I went to Michigan this past summer and as I'm walking down <laughs> the street in Michigan and, um, I was like, oh, this this has got to be a downtown organization, and it was. And I now follow that page because Perfect. their their downtown was absolutely gorgeous. Nice. And um, so, yeah, I follow that downtown to get maybe ideas, but to definitely spark some thoughts and interests of what maybe I can bring to right. our community. So, just thinking of Barry as a whole, there are so many. Tourist attractions in Barrie with the Hope Cemetery, the Granite Museum, um, the Opera House. Yes, the Opera House. Uh, Millstone. What they've done with the Opera House is fabulous. Kudos to Dan. It looks, yeah. Yeah, And Millstone. I mean, there's, um, there's some Thunder Road. Oh, well, that's that's another (laughs) whole story. And Beer Hill. Was that (laughs) Hill? Bud Hill. Bud Hill. That's it. Bud Hill. Right. Right. We've been there. Not that I've ever visited Um, Bud Hill. I have. It's good. (laughs) It it helps to cheer on your, your, uh, your favorite driver there with um sitting on Bud Hill. Yeah. But anyway, um Yeah, we do have a lot of great um yeah. um events and yeah. and community things in Barry. Yeah. You know, we also have the historical society. Um if you haven't been in that building, it's yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's really great. Um so um included in all this Main Street four point approach and they have a thing called um the catalyst uh, strategies on a cheat sheet, they call it. And it's a matrix of um, ideas, uh, analysis of your customers, get to know your customers and what might they li- like, what's the trade-off if you do one thing over another. And that is a great document. It is, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. It's just every, it's all there. It's yeah. on two or three pieces of paper. Yeah. And, that, like, you know, like that's, it's great to have those resources right, and the ability right. to have those resources. And can you call these folks up and ask for their help? Yes. Excellent. That's great. Um, so um, I also wanted to talk about, because uh, you mentioned A&R Market, um, Barry has got so many amazing restaurants. We talked about the Meltdown. You got the Cornerstone. You got the Two Loco guys. Yeah. Um, a couple of Chinese restaurants and yeah. Thai. Is there a Thai? Oh, the one across the street from the um, Asia house is, um, uh, I think, more of a walk-in. Siaku ramen. Yeah, right. And now we have a Russian restaurant. Is that not there? She's looking at me funny. The Russian restaurant. Uh-huh. There's, um, am I completely out of my mind? Somebody call in and tell me I'm not crazy. Um, the number here is 244-1777. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I, what Russian. am I... What, yeah. Well, we'll have to check on that. Anybody from Barry know if I'm completely nuts? I'm I'm trying to think. It's, We've got Siaku Ramen. No, that's not that, Russian. That's not it. Um, it's over towards um, where that nightclub is downstairs. It's over there somewhere. Oh, the night like next to where my office is. Yeah, it's right near your office. Come to think of it. Well, stay tuned. Oh, people. oh I know what the the Brazilian. Oh, I, oh, sorry, Brazil. <laughs> oh Brazilian. my God, the Brazilian. Yes, sorry, it's not Russian. Do not call and yell at me. <laughs> sorry, the Brazilian. The Brazilian. Yes, and I heard has. that is fabulous. Yes, um, yeah. it is really good, yeah. and they have done an amazing job in there. Um, the buffet. Yep. Um, Highly recommend that. Excellent. 
Oh, they have, oh, that's great. A buffet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love buffets. I'm surprised in COVID that they were allowed to have it. I, I, they, they didn't. They, they didn't have okay, the, they, the buffet during COVID. Oh, okay. So now that it's over, we can, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. That's okay. I, I was confused. Yeah, well, I can tell from your face. Like, what the heck is this woman talking about? Um, Anyway, it's the Brazilian restaurant, but that's near your office, is it? Yes, Minnesota? it's in the old Project Independence yeah. building, right, right next to uh-huh. Rainbow Center Community. Yeah. So one thing you sort of alluded to is all of the, and you're a one man band, right? You're a, I am. I'm one, um, one lady band. One lady. Um, I'm the executive director, and so I do all of the 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 work, and then I've but I do have an amazing um, group of volunteers Great. that are on my board. They are amazing. They like to make me happy. <laughs> That's really great. Um, and I like to make them happy. That's so. great. So here's a list of what Tracy does. I mean, the Barry Heritage Festival alone, you must be working on that all year long. Um, it's it's a six to seven month um, right. effort. Effort, yeah. yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm diving headfirst into that this, this week and I last bet. week. Well, I think fortunately at this point uh, there's a lot of return – People. There is. Um, I do like to. My 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 um, philosophy is do go big or go home. Um, <laughs> and I am a competitor. Like I did uh, sports and I'm really into competition growing up, and that has brought me to be competing with myself. When <laughs> Bigger, doing, better. Yeah. So every year I try to, you know, bring something new, um, something bigger, something that um, people are going to go home and talk about. And um, so that's, that's, yeah. Well, you've done an amazing job. Um, the concert in the park, that's a wonderful event. There's a big stage uh, there, then... People come and perform, and you can bring your food. Well, and we have food trucks now with with the concerts. So back in 2020, um, one of the owners of Cornerstone uh, thought of, why don't we do food trucks and let people come, and it's outside. And so we combined it with our concerts. Perfect. So Thursday nights in the summer, it's a 13-week series, and you can come, and food trucks are available from 4 to 8, and then our our free concert is at 6 o'clock. Perfect. And food and great music, it's it's a great night. Well, and we're very lucky here in Vermont. I've said it many, many times. We have got so many fabulous artists in our little state. It's incredible. It is. And it's hard to um, to put together a schedule every year because so many people are reaching out. We want to do this. We want to be a part of the concerts. And I've brought in several new ones this year. But the ones that I'm turning away that I know are amazing, but I just I only have 13 concerts and right. then Heritage Festival. There's, you know, the the people that are always there, Green Mountain Swing in the morning and the Berry Tones on Saturday morning. Right. They're kind of like a staple of the Heritage Festival. And the truck pull. Don't forget yes, the truck, the truck pull. pull. Oh, my God. I, it hurts watching those guys <laughs> and women. There's a few and women. Kids. Did, uh, yeah, kids. We, there was a, a ton of kids last year that pulled. And, you know, I work with uh, Shannon Alexander. She's our photographer. Mm-hmm. And um, 
she really makes my job easy because she takes such amazing mm-hmm. photographs that they I don't have to go into long descriptions telling the, the story. Uh, the pictures say it all, really. Yeah. And, well, does that um, picture say a thousand words? Yeah, some kind yeah. Of expression? So you also have, we talked about the farmer's market, um, and we also have uh, now the Granite City 5K run and walk and the the money raised in that goes to the veterans home in Northfield. Yeah, the veterans place in Northfield. So I think um, last year was our seventh annual, or and this coming one is our eighth annual, if I'm, I'm rem- remembering correctly. Um, but each year, the funds that have been raised through these efforts. Um, do go to the veterans That's place. Right. And I remember, um, in 2019, I think about 3,500 was raised and we've gone from that to raising over 20,000, wow. um, for them. And, um, it's, it's an amazing event. It's, um, we work with the Veterans Council, we work with um, the Elks Club, and we work with the American Legion. Nice. And so we collaborate, and I don't have to do much for that one. Um, I'm more of the promoter of right. it. Uh, I do give ideas and stuff from here and there, but it's really the the Veterans Council, the American mm. Legion, and the Elks members That's doing great. doing well. A this veteran it. place in Northfield is sort of in the middle of a, uh, a residential area. It's a beautiful home, and um, I've been there once or twice over the years and talked to the veterans, and they just love it there. Yeah, the, yeah. It's the people in Northfield are so kind to them and and supportive, as is all of Vermont. To, right, right. That's really great. And the last one that all all by yourself. Good grief. Mm-hmm. Um, is the uh, Mary Barry Holiday Craft Fair, which is great. So this was something um, bef- we just did this year. So previously, there, there was a Crafters Guild right. that put it on for 39 years. Right. And, you know, growing up, we would go the the day, the two days after Thanksgiving and do a lot of our Christmas shopping. And it was always huge. And mm. so back in... This summer, when the Crafters Guild decided to cancel it, I knew how many people it brought to Barry and how busy our restaurants and stores right. get that weekend, and how important it was to the the vendors as well. Um, so I said, "Okay, I will try this," and it was amazing. Um, it was it was amazing. And that we, was a lot in the paper too. People were, were not happy that they weren't going to have their yes. their craft show because you're right. Everybody, I did it myself. Used it for Christmas. Yeah, and yeah. it was so busy. It yeah. was so busy. It great. was so great to see. And we're already getting vendors for this year. Excellent. Um, so. With one year under our belt, and we've got some notes of how I can make it a little better and go a little smoother and and all that. So um, I'm excited to bring it back again um, this year. That's great. And we're going to talk of just a few more things to wind up the show. I heard, Tracy, you got a letter from Governor Scott. Want to I talk about did. That? I did. Last Monday I got to work and I picked up my mail on the way in and I... Uh, 
There was a letter from Governor Scott, and he wanted to thank my, me and the partnership for our work for the holiday season and the light up the, nice. the light up the city project that we did and that he had driven through. And did you know that Governor Scott is from Barry? Oh, of course. We all know yes, that. Okay. And Thunder Road. Yes. Yes. He's so, a Barry boy. Yeah. So he said he drove through during the holiday season and saw the downtown lights and it just, he, doesn't recall seeing it that lit up and nice. um, that was really touching well, it was he does pay attention i'll he, uh, give him that yeah. nothing much gets by him that's so cool so you also um have an event coming it's called recycle percussion yeah what is that so, um, does anybody watch America's Got Talent? Oh, I do. Okay, so Simon recy- Cole is he coming here? <laughs> <laughs> no, recycled yeah. percussion was um, finalists on America's Got Talent years ago. Um, I believe in two thousand nine. Oh, it's a band. It's a band, and it's a junk band. They're from Manchester, New Hampshire, and um, since being on. Um, America's Got Talent, they have done over 7,000 shows uh, worldwide. They had a very popular, one of the most popular shows on the Vegas Strip for 10 years running. And um, I had a friend that went to see them down in Keene. Uh, about a month ago, and she came back and she said, you need to bring these people to Barry. Mm. So I reached out to them, and um, I'm bringing them to Barry. That uh, is great. Yeah, I'm excited. So it's at the Barry Auditorium on April 1st. 7 o'clock is showtime, and um, tickets are on sale now. You can go to our website or Facebook page to get the link to purchase the tickets. It's great. on Eventbrite. And... Um, this is we're excited um it's a big deal um and I, I but i'm nervous as well because i have to sell a lot of tickets to pay for them <laughs> um i don't know why i started this like i've i want to do events like this yep. but to do this high of you know yeah. cuz i have to sell a lot of tickets yeah. and uh ticket sales have gone pretty well so far but keep on buying them um yeah. How are you advertising getting it out to the people? Because this is April 1st. It's sort of yeah, it's not come, too far it's away. It's not too far away. So um, we've put it on Facebook. We have posters. Um, we are actually starting tomorrow. Um, I don't know. I haven't announced it anywhere, but I guess I'll announce it here. Yes. So we're you doing it here first, people. <laughs> uh, Kindness and Barry Project with all of the local schools in Barry. Um, they're... They're going to give the project to each student at the schools, and the students have from February 15th through March 15th to um, submit a design of what they feel is kindness and berry. And um, any entry that we receive will be on display during the Recycled Percussion Show on April 1st, and then um, 10 students from each school will be winners and they will receive two tickets for the show for one from you know because if a kindergartner wins right. you know their mom need mom and dad, mom and dad have yeah. to go to so we're giving uh two tickets to 10 students from each school and then um so they'll be front row second row yes. right in front of the show and then um during the show, Recycled Percussion is going to announce the number one winner out of all of the submissions. Nice. And then we're going to take that drawing um, 
and make it into stickers and um, they you know, stickers that they can put on their water bottles. Oh, right, right. You know, kids um, love stickers. They do, or right. computers, whatever. And um, we're gonna give those stickers to every student in the in the Barry School System. Um, so we're excited to do that. Yeah. Um, and Renita Marshall Helping Hands Foundation is going to also give each winner um, an art packet. So we've worked with the the PTOs, we've worked with the right. principals. So I'm excited for it. You, you seriously, you do a lot of work for Barry. Thank you very much. That's really great. Um, and you said April 1st, go on your website and you can buy tickets right there. Right on our website uh, or Eventbrite. It's, it's through Eventbrite. So let me ask you, you mentioned the word junk music. I need to know what that is. What is that? So they play on, um, Garbage cans, oh, ladders, yep. you know, bunch of junk. I see. <laughs> How cool. What what is there? Is it rock or I think it's rock. rock yeah. Because that's think, a pl- that's the place to hear rock music, the auditorium. Yeah. Holy mackerel. And they do a great light show. Yeah. Um so yeah, and we have our seating is we've split it up into three different areas and price ranges so that we tried to fit it in everybody's price range. Uh, floor seats are $50, so you'll be right in front of the stage. Uh, bleacher seats, that is behind the floor seats, um, those are $25. And then the balcony seats, those mm. nice comfy ones up above, are $30. Cool. And the That's balcony great. seats seem to be the most popular right now. So cool. if you want a balcony seat, you better get in there and there purchase them. Excellent. We need help getting up there. Just want to say, Tracy, for those of us who were <laughs> yes. getting up and down. I've I've been up and down those bleachers. They're a little nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. But what a great concert this will be. Yeah, and one of recycled percussions um mission is to promote kindness. They also have a show uh, chaos and kindness. And so we thought that matched well with our mm. um mission of, you know, being vibrant and happy and That's nice. and, and Showing kindness. What's kindness and Barry? What's kindness oh, and Barry? A lot of so we're going to come to mind actually. Well, be interesting to see from a child's perspective, right? And it's going to be, and you know, anyone from preschool through through twelfth grade. So um, I'm interested to see. That's great. That's really great. Um, we just have a few minutes. Can you talk quickly about the Wheelock House and the help that you're getting from Tom Lozon? And a shout out to Tom Lozon, by the way. Every time. I do something like A&R Market or the Reynolds House. His name creeps up there. <laughs> he is. He's an amazing, um, amazing person to have in our Barry community. He loves our Barry community, and he is probably one of the smartest men I've ever <laughs> met. Right. Um and he has done a project kind of like what we're proposing from the city for the Wheelock House with a couple other businesses. Um, People's Health and Wellness is, is one of them. Mm. And so he, um, I contacted him knowing, um, you know, just what he does in our community. And he... Basically, I feel like he dropped everything and I met him on a Saturday at his office and my president was with me and, um, he really, he really knows what he's doing yeah, right. and, and he loves the Barry community and he loves, um, being able to help with his expertise mm-hmm. and his, you know, um, I, I can't say anything That's more great. about it. It's just um, I ended up hugging him. I, been... <laughs> He's a huggable kind of guy. <laughs> I was like, can I hug you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you, Tom Lozon. Great, great person to have in Barry City, that's for sure. That is. That's really great. So is there anything else? If somebody wants to help you, you talked about volunteers. You've got so much on your plate, Tracy. Thank yeah. God you're a little younger than me. Um, <laughs> how do they reach you and, and what could they possibly volunteer for? There's lots of stuff on There sure. is lots of stuff. Um, we're always looking for volunteers for the Heritage Festival. We'll be looking for volunteers for, um, the recycled percussion. Any of our events, you know, taking, putting up and taking down garland and banners, um, there's always an opportunity to volunteer. So you can reach me at director at theberrypartnership.com. That's my email address. My phone number is 802-477-2967 or go to our website or Facebook, The Berry Partnership. Thank you very much, Tracy Lewis. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint. Stay tuned because we have another hour coming up. And I think you will enjoy it. It's about tax assistance and financial counseling from... Uh... Hi there, this is Pat McDonald, back with you on Vermont Viewpoint. And joining me in studio is Liz Scharf, who's the Director of Community Economic Development and Food Security for um, Capstone in Barrie. And we're going to talk tax assistance, financial counseling, and food. I like the... Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> Sounds good. So, Liz, thank you for coming on the show. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background um, and a little bit about Capstone? We have certainly had uh, Sue Mittner on more than once, and uh, she's coming back on the show fairly soon to talk about some exciting news. So, Great. Uh, well, thank you for having me, Pat. Um, yes, so I'm Liz Scharf, and... I have worked at Capstone Community Action um, in Barrie for, it's just about nine years now. Um, I come from a background of uh, personal finance. I, for a number of years, I worked at a bank and credit union in the Boston area. I am a born and raised Vermonter and went to UVM. So um, we lived in Boston and then moved back when we had our kids. Um, So I took some time off during that uh, period of raising my kids. I actually worked as a school cook. Um, which was a great job. We did a lot of stuff with local foods and mm-hmm. um, nutritious meals for the students. Um, and then after my kids got out of elementary school, I said, well, it's probably time that I start saving for college. Right. <laughs> so I, um, I applied to Capstone Community Action as then the Savings and Credit Program Coordinator overseeing uh, the Vermont Match Savings Program Um at that uh, point, I also earned my accreditation to be an accredited financial counselor through the AFCPE, which stands for the Association of Financial Education, AF, Financial Counseling, Planning, and Education. Excellent job. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am a uh, accredited financial counselor um, still, and I do work with folks one-on-one on personal finance. Um, but for the last three years, I've been in the role of Director um, of Community Economic Development and Food Security. So I oversee a number of programs and don't do direct service so much anymore. Well, I will give them, our listeners, a list of these programs, and we're going to start talking about each one of them because they are all – I love Capstone, and um, I've been involved with it since I think quite a few years ago um, and just love it. Yeah, Because I like um, your slogan, you give people a hand up, not a hand out. Exactly. So Capstone is one of the five community action agencies around the state. Um, so the 
Community Action Network services all of the counties in Vermont, and we offer service a broad range of services that really help um, alleviate the effects of poverty, but also uh, provide ladders to help folks, um, you know, move out of poverty. So we offer things um, as basic as um, emergency housing services. So if someone's facing eviction or um, is is homeless, mm-hmm. um, we help to try to get them into housing, which we know is really hard. There's not a lot of housing out there that's affordable. Um, but our housing counselors work super hard to try to help folks get housed. We offer a food shelf, um, which is open on Monday, Wednesdays, um, and Fridays. And folks can come in and get um, a full range of you know grocery foods and meals Great. cooked by the Community Kitchen Academy. Right. We have the weatherization services. Um, that's also statewide um, to help folks who are uh, low income have their homes weatherized so that they're warm and cozy in the winter. <laughs> Um, and then there's uh, Head Start. That's another huge you know, right. piece of community action is the early education um, for families um, and, and children, mm-hmm. um, birth to age five. So there's okay. lots going on um, in Capstone. For sure. And I think you were one of the very first leaders in the weatherization program, if I, because you've been doing that for years. Uh, yeah, weatherization has been going on for a long time. Right. Um, and, you know, now there's lots of federal dollars coming in. Right. Um, what we are really still statewide looking for are workers. So a shout out to anyone who's interested in um, doing weatherization work. It pays well. It gets great benefits. And, you know, there's a reward of knowing that you've warmed a lot of people's yeah. homes. Well, in this, uh, you're talking about jobs that go into people's homes and, and evaluate where the where all that cold air is coming in. Yep. Go up to my bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Wake you right up. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Fortunately, I, I don't mind it because I sleep with the the, the blankets and my, my little face. But all that air is slipping out of your house. Oh, I know, right? I know. Along with, the, along with the heat. So um, let's talk about these um, because one of them is probably starting right now, the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program, which we're all thinking about. We are. Um, this is tax time, right? And uh, Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, or VITA, as we call it, um, is a program of the five community action agencies as well. And we offer free tax preparation and filing for folks who earn $60,000 or less. Mm. Um, and May I just ask you, is that household or individual? It's either, household oh, either. or okay. individual. Right. So you could be filing head of household, married filing jointly, or single, and it's all 60000 Okay, great. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So um, how would they, how people just give you a call and ask for some help? Right. So <laughs> this Help, is, help. Yeah, exactly. This is a such a busy time right now um, for the VITA programs because everyone wants to get their taxes filed today and they want to get the refunds tomorrow, right? And, um, you know, we don't do, you know, uh, income tax uh, refund loans or anything like that, um, but we do file um, fast and, you know, people will get their refunds within a couple of weeks um, after we filed. Yeah. So what they need to do is um, for Capstone, so for the for the service area that we cover, which is Washington, Orange, and Lamoille counties, um, folks can, if they have a home phone or a cell phone with an 802 area code, they can dial 211. So that's the you know oh, the right, service, right. the social service mm-hmm. number, um, and and set up an appointment through 211. Um, this is our first year using 211, so we ask people to um, 
to have a little patience because two one one is kind of overwhelmed with all of the phone I calls. I bet they are. And um, and they do get back to you, but they can't leave a message for you if your phone number doesn't have your name, like if your voicemail doesn't have your name. So if it just says you've reached, you know, eight oh two, they unavailable. Can't, they're 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 not legally allowed yeah. to leave a message. Interesting. But they can also, if they have trouble getting through to two one one, they can call our tax line, um, which is. That is a message-only tax line. Um, They leave their name and number, and um, our great um, tax program um, assistant, uh, Peter Youngbear, who I'm sure people know Peter Youngbear, he is helping us this year. um, That's great. And he will call you back. Or Laura Sudhoff, who's our... Um, who directs the program? She will. She will also call you back. Oh, shout out to Peter! I, I know it's. I great haven't seen him since the legislature. <laughs> oh my gosh! All the things he's done around yes. Barry. Yeah, it's a nice little job in retirement. Good and for it's him. Great to be out working with people. Good for him. I'll drag him into the show. Yeah. Or find out what he's up to here. Um, anyway, so we have. Um, you also offer financial counseling and coaching. Um, you help people make budgets, reduce debt. What else do you provide for them? Because there are a few of us, and I will include myself, that are very bad in this area. Yeah, so personal finance is one of those sensitive topics, right? Like people don't want to necessarily admit when they are not great at, you know, people don't even balance their checkbooks anymore. But, you know, keeping track of their finances, saving, um, you know, understanding, you know, how much of a loan can I really afford for this car? Um, or, you know, what would I qualify for a mortgage? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this isn't to knock the banks or credit unions, but what really happens is is they'll often approve someone for a higher um, amount than they can really mm-hmm. afford because, mm-hmm. you know, they don't take into account that your kid goes to dance lessons and that, you know, you have this subscription to that. And then when it comes time to actually pay your your loan, you're like, wait a minute, I don't have all the money to be able to do this. So our financial counselors are really good at, you know, sitting down with someone to do a budget and help them understand, like, what is your um, – you know, what is your take home, right? Mm-hmm. And and how are you going to be able to, you know, or what can you really afford to make for a right. payment for a car? Um, and and it also, um, you know, this, we have a new program called Green Savings Smart, right. um, which takes, has the same concept of doing personal finance, but it also um, brings up the conversations around, fossil fuel usage in your home heating and transportation. I kind of like to think of it, um, so you know, Pat, when you go to the doctor and they ask you, how do you exercise, you know, or how much do you drink? So they learn things, right? They right. learn things as doctors that that over time um, they determine that this is an important conversation to have with mm-hmm. you when you're at the doctors, right? right? They, you know, are, do you feel safe at home, right? There's, they're not just randomly asking you these questions. They're asking you these questions because they pertain to your health. Well, I see that personal finance and your health, your personal finance health is directly tied to the choices that you make around climate change. And we have a crisis right now, mm-hmm. um, with, with climate change and our dollars, um, directly, um, impact um, climate change, right, right, in how we spend on our cars and how we spend on our home heating. And so what we're really trying to do in this program is do everything that you would do as a financial coach, helping people build credit, save money, um, 
balance their budgets, get affordable loans, but also identify ways in which they can reduce um, their fossil fuel usage. Mm -hmm. And so helping them identify the the credits that are out there, the incentives, um, the programs that are available to help weatherization, Mm -hmm. you know, to help them um, save money, but also contribute to a cleaner Vermont. That's great. Yeah. Yep, and we're we're a little bit mighty, I think. I think Vermonters have really taken hold of weatherization and all those things mm-hmm. to reduce their footprint, which is kind of kind of cool. It is. I don't know how much of I don't know. I don't know much how a difference it is in the global world perspective, but I think it makes Vermonters feel good that they're doing what they can. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is that you know it doesn't. It takes. It takes a village, right? It takes each one of us to be able to, you know, make some changes. And it, right. you know, if we are to sit back and say, there's no point in me doing this, it's, you know, looking yeah. at the big comp corporations, you know, we're, we're not doing our due no. diligence. No, we need to try. I agree with that for sure. Um, so you have this thing called Vermont Match Saving Program. What is that? So the Vermont Match Savings Program, we've had that program for, um, I think, over 25 years, um, and it's a program um, that's actually sunsetting this year, so we're not taking uh, any more applications, but we're helping folks um, finish up in the program. It's a program that helped people save money, um, and we would match it uh, one-to-one. In the good old days, it was two-to-one, and sometimes it was three-to-one um, on their savings, and they could use it toward the purchase of an asset, such as a uh, first-time home, hmm. higher education, or a small business. And we were just finding that the program just didn't impact enough Vermonters. <clears throat> excuse me. And um, and so it just really felt like administratively it was more burdensome. And, you know, it, we really only worked with 35 Vermonters a hmm. year. So we're sunsetting that program, but we're hoping to use some of the funding to continue to do the financial coaching and counseling, which really does reach a lot That's more great. people. But what we do offer, and I want to share this because this is a kind of cool program, um, do you remember Bernie Sanders' mitten match? Mitten <laughs> memes. <laughs> I say nothing, but yes. <laughs> yes. So he made some money off of that, like with the T-shirts and the things like that. And um, and he uh, gave that money to the community action agency. Nice. So he gave each of us a nice little chunk of change that yeah. we are now using to do a match savings with Head Start families. Excellent. And I uh, just wanted to make a comment about um, uh, Senator Sanders. Um, I told Liz, we don't hear about these kind of things. Um, I had did a show one uh, recently about um, Senator Leahy and found out that he had helped all of the Ukrainians who were coming over the Mexican border. They were held up there, and he got involved. And the same with uh, Bernie Sanders giving you all this money. I mean, I wish they would talk about that to me is more interesting than the big – you know the big bills and and all of the the social this and that. I just want to know what they do as as personal um, representatives. So thank you, Bernie Sanders. There you yeah, go. Yeah, it's great. And yeah. it, what's really nice too about the gift is that you know it's not going to salaries. It's not going to pay the rent. It's really literally money that is going directly to That's families um, who are saving money and we're mm. matching what they save. That's and great. You know, it's going right directly into the pockets of these families who really need it the most. You can't get that return on investment on the stock market. No, dollar you for can't. dollar, a hundred percent. Sign me up. That's really great. So, um, 
You also talked a little bit um, when you were talking about the match savings program offline. There was something about Vita that you wanted to – Vita, I guess. Vita, yeah, Vita yeah. That you wanted to tell uh, – remind people about. Yeah. So – and this sort of relates to um, personal finance and savings. Uh, so what folks um, – do you remember during the pandemic, they um, gave out uh, the child tax credit. The federal government gave out a child tax credit that right. was increased. Right. Um, but it also was available for the first time ever to folks who didn't work. Um, so folks who were either maybe on disabilities mm-hmm. with children or um, were on uh, TANF, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. We call that reach up here in Vermont. Um, so those families who literally are the poorest families um, did not have access to the child tax credit because it was always tied to um, income. And so, and even if you made income, so you might um, make, you know, just a small amount of income, right. you didn't get that full $2,000 child tax credit like other people did, right. you, know, you know, people who work full time. Um, you got maybe, you know, $80 or $40. Like huh. it's not, you, you really didn't get a lot if you were. Sort of why bother? You, right, exactly, <laughs> right. Um, you got a lot more in your earned income tax credit um, than you did in the child mm-hmm. tax credit. So last year during the pandemic, um, they gave out the uh, child tax credit to everyone. So we had folks filing who had never filed before nice. to get this child tax credit. And it came six months. Um, you got uh, cash each month for each child, like 250 to 300 for each child, um, depending on their age. And then that was for July through December. Um, and then um, – and this was in 2021 – and then you got the rest of your credit when you filed in 2022. Now that's done, right? We, yep, we know that. Right. But Vermont legislature kept or actually instituted a $1,000 child tax nice. credit for families with children ages five or younger in 2022. And so there is a phase out. I think it's $125,000 is the maximum income that a family can make to get that full credit. Um, but it's eligible for folks who don't make any money at all. So again, if you're on reach up, the TANF, temporary mm-hmm. assistance for needy families, or you're on disability, you should still file your taxes if you have a child that's five or under in 2022 because you'll get a thousand dollars per child. So not everybody knows about that. And this is an awesome opportunity to be on the radio to, you know, shout out and say, Listen, if you know someone in that position, tell them to call Capstone right. um, and we'll help them get their tax filed so they can get that child tax credit. That's a great program. Super easy. Because no matter how much you make, children do cost money. They, and they, they cost don't, money. They don't cost less because you don't have any exactly. money. Right? And they cost a lot when they're little, right? Yeah, they and sure diapers do. Diapers and all those yeah, things. Right. <laughs> anyway, that's great. So there's a couple of other programs that I'm very interested in and want to talk about. The Micro Business Development Coaching that is an exciting program. We love that program. And that actually is celebrating its, I think, 30th year. Wow. Um, and this year in 2022. And um, this has been a great anti-poverty program that works with low-income Vermonters, um, low and moderate-income Vermonters, um, who are interested in self-employment um, and entrepreneurship. And we have – this is also a statewide program at all of the community action agencies. It's called 
MBDP, Micro Business Development Program. And we offer coaching and workshops to folks who are interested in starting a business or expanding their business or just need, you know, support while they have their business. Mm-hmm. Um, we also do in our VITA program, provided that their taxes are just a simple Schedule C, we'll also file their taxes. That's for them. great. Yeah. You've had some real success stories in this micro business, have you not? The program, I mean, people have gone on to. Yeah, there have been some at, at, at Capstone. Um, I'm not sure if we had anyone famous. I'm pretty sure that um, Switchback, the brewing company, started long, long time ago out of CVOEO. Um, Love you know, it. They had met with um, one of the business counselors there. Um, but we have a lot of folks who, you know, have you know very successful businesses. You know, doing. It's generally um, folks who have um, who have just themselves as an employee or maybe one employee. So we're looking at things like landscaping business, hair hairdressing, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. you know cosmetology businesses, um, house cleaning, um, you know anything that you can think where somebody wants to you know go out on their own um, but isn't quite sure what steps they need to take. And it's a free service. Um, and we help people write business plans. We help them um, find access to capital. Um, so we work uh, with Community Capital of Vermont, um, who will uh, offer business loans to folks who traditionally may have um, difficulty getting a regular bank loan. Um, and, um, yeah, so we've had a lot of um, folks. We've worked with thousands of people. As you remember, Margaret Ferguson. Right, exactly. She worked with hundreds yep. and hundreds of people. Um, she just retired we- after 40 years of service. That's a long time. Yeah, she retired. We miss her, but she's volunteering for the VITA program, so oh, I still I bet get to she see her. Is. I bet she is. <laughs> I can't imagine her actually being retired. Yes, I don't um, think so either. I think she and I are of the same mindset. Yeah. That's really great. Um, years and years ago, Hal Cohen uh, would throw uh, an event at the church next to the library in Montpelier, and he would invite all the micro-business people that provide food and um uh, Oh my gosh, speaking of an event that first of all, these people were amazing and also the uh, people from the uh, community kitchen academy were there. What food. It was, uh-huh. it was just great. Yeah, I have delicious. to talk to Sue about that. Right. <laughs> I know. Well, now that the, you know, that we're getting out more and doing right. more in-person events, right. um, you know, we are thinking about what are some interesting things yeah. we can do to get the community, you know, more involved, uh, you know, with the yeah. work we do. That's great. That really is great. So the, I just mentioned it, um, but you know what? I'm going to, um, keep talking for just a minute because I don't want to start on the Community Kitchen Academy without um, plenty of time to talk about it. But um, the former chef there um, um, does that poor, poor, oh, poor, poor, poor house pies. pies. I think she doesn't do that anymore. Oh, she doesn't. I could be wrong. She had at her facility, at her house with uh, her partner, they had a. Um, an poor out, house pies. Yeah, poor house pies. They had an out, sort of an outbuilding, yeah. and it was it. They would put pies and stuff in the refrigerator, and it was up to you to monitor the what, honor system. The honor system, right? She made amazing pies, and 
I don't want to put it on the air that she stopped doing pies, so everybody should just look it up and see. Yeah, I, I will do that because um, Jamie Eisenberg, I was, I think I was the leader of the Jamie Eisenberg fan club. I just loved her to death. She was amazing. We I ran think in, she was our first chef yes, she was. for the Community uh, yep, Kitchen right. Academy in yep. Barrie yep. Be, before it, it used to be at the food shelf right. or at the food bank. Food bank. Um, and, and, then, and they gave you, the food bank gave yes. you all of the equipment, which is um, commercial equipment, so the kids do a really great job. All right, we're taking a break. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint, and we'll be back with Liz Sharp in just a minute. In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the Internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. Hi there, this is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint, and I'm here with Liz Sharp, who's the Director of Community Economic Development and Food security. Um, and we're going to talk about my favorite, favorite program of all time, the Community Kitchen Academy, which falls under your area. It does. Love it. And who yes. is the chef now? Our chef is uh, Joey Buttendorf. She is a former NECI student and teacher. Wonderful. Worked at NECI for a number of years. Um, she's fantastic. She works with... Um, we actually have a class going on right now. I think there's seven students enrolled, um, and it's a nine-week program that helps folks learn how to work in the culinary industry, but not just in the culinary industry because there's a lot of sort of soft skills, right, like mm-hmm. helping people learn how to work as a team. Mm-hmm. Some people leave the, the program and they're like, oh, I don't really want to cook, but they get a job someplace else right. because they've like learned Showing up to, for yeah. work is a good skill. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> Yeah, I know. I uh, video for, with one of my other hats. I videotaped the uh, uh, Community Kitchen um, Academy years and years ago. And what I mean, every one of those students was thrilled to be there. And we're going to repeat this again. And uh, I think at the end of April, we're going to. Yeah, that's ready. awesome. Yeah, they're they're busy right now making meals for our food shelves. Mm-hmm. So we also um, Capstone runs a Central Vermont's largest food shelf um, and. Part of the food that we provide is not just food that we've purchased from the Vermont Food Bank, um, but it's and also um, we receive a lot of uh, gleaned fruit from right. Central Vermont Community Harvest or Community Harvest of Central Vermont. Yep. Um, Allison Levin runs that program, um, but we also make meals with those those that gleaned food um, and food that we get from the food bank. And so the students are learning to cook, but also they're contributing and giving back to the community by providing nutritious meals for the food shelf. That's really great. Yeah. And I'm sure, and just as you said, I'm sure it's making them feel really good about what they're doing. Exactly. And um, they also help out in the food shelf, which is a sort of a side. Um, Chef Joey now oversees um, the food shelf operations. Um, and so part of their uh, schooling 
is is helping out in the food shelf and you know determining what needs to be ordered and and how to you know make sure that it looks good and helping out clients when they come in to get food. That's great. And most of the students get jobs right after graduation, do they not? You've got a high success yes. rate of um, hiring. Yeah. So it's either they they get a job or they they may go on to do some continuing education. Um, anyone who wants a job in the food service industry can get a job for sure service industry they're desperate i mean yes, uh, it started for me it started we we um summer in maine and we noticed restaurants started saying closing monday mm-hmm. tuesday wednesday and are only open thursday friday saturday maybe sunday and um you didn't you shouldn't think about going out to dinner on a monday right. night or open tables and yeah, you're like why right. there's because they don't have the staff. Right. I know. Yeah. It's just scary. So, yeah. you know, it's definitely a good, um, you know, uh, market for um, for a job, um, you know, but it's not easy. I, I don't know if you've ever worked in a restaurant, but it's a lot of work. Nope. Um, it's physically taxing. Um, but cooking is one of the best things yeah. you can do, yeah. right? You know, well, that I do a lot at home. We yes. we uh, cook full meals, soup to nuts at yep. home. So so do we. Yeah. Well, it just makes you feel good. It does. You know? Yeah. It's uh, satisfying to put that plate on the table, and uh, I did that. Yeah, and at yeah. the very least, the students are learning how to cook for their families, right? And they're right. learning how to make basic things like you know stocks and sauces, right. and right. you know what spices you know work with. You know, exactly. sauces and exactly. things like that. So That's it's really great. great. That's cool. So, um, how many times do you run the academy during the year? Do you know? So, we actually had some problems during COVID mm. with, um, well, first of all, you know, we had to not have class in person right. when we first had COVID. Um, so, that was really challenging. And with the restaurant industry um, also facing challenges, um, we struggled with enrollment during COVID. Right. Um, so this year we have done a little bit of an experimenting with the Community Kitchen Academy. So we have Chef Joey there full time, but we've um, reduced it to three classes instead of four. So three nine-month classes. But the first quarter of the year we really spent um, just making meals for the food shelf. We have a great um, little uh, program called Scrumptious Sides where – um, the chef makes um, pre-cut vegetables and, you know, puts some spices and some olive oil or butter or whatever um, in it. And it's all ready for you to just toss in a pan um, so that you don't have to, you know, cut up your squash or, you know, cut up your, you know, sweet potatoes. And So say I wanted to have, can I just go and pick it up? You could go and pick it up. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's a part of the food shelf offerings right. and you could, um, and so it's in the vegetable coolers, right? So you can take, you know, a whole bunch of beets, but you can also take, you know, a nice package of Brussels sprouts that are trimmed and ready to just toss into the Oh, pay attention the out there, people. I know. It's great. <laughs> well, you know, because it's, it's, you know, you, you have to remember that not everybody can, I mean, have you tried cutting a squash lately, Pat? Oh, right, it's exactly. hard, right? Yep. <laughs> and Absolutely. peeling? Yeah. My goodness. It's yeah. like you just give up. But so also, help folks. we never use a whole one at dinner. And how many times I have, hate to say this, thrown out vegetables that mm-hmm. that I haven't used. So this way sounds to me that I would buy what I need, use it, and don't throw anything out. Exactly. Yep. Excellent. And we've seen, you know, the, the food shelf has, has seen uh, an increase in usage since um, all of the pandemic aid mm-hmm. has uh, gone away. Um, so, you know, after the child tax credit and the, um, uh, the everyone eats meals are, you know, going, uh, th- those are also um, being reduced right. and will be uh, sunsetting. 
Let me um, ask you, is that the program where the state pays restaurants? Yes. That, I have to tell you, if there was one program that I really related to and thought was great was the program where the state would give restaurants money to make dinners for people who are needy. And it, how many, it helped the restaurant, it helped the folks who are in need. Yeah, uh, and it was, was actually great. FEMA dollars. Oh, okay. Well, that was and that great. was a yeah, and you know, so that has um, has or is about to end in in March, um, and you know, it's going to be taxing on the food shelves and the homeless shelters because they've been relying on those those meals. Um, you know, so we have seen an in, since last year at this time a fifty five percent increase in people using our food right. shelf, and almost a sixty percent increase in the number of children being oh, wow. served which means more families are coming to the food shop. And I think more, somebody told me that you're seeing more, almost say the word professionals um, that are coming to the food shop because the first thing, if you're really running into financial problems, the first thing you can cut at your home is food. Exactly. You have to pay the rent, you have to pay the heat, you have to keep your car going, but who knows about what you're eating, and so that's where you cut back. Yeah, a lot of working people come to the food shop, because like you said, it's like that's the, that is the one place where you can find a resource. Right. Um, You know, we also offer fuel assistance, but you know, not everyone is income eligible for that. Right, right. And a shout out to the ad for the Fuel Your Neighbors, which is great. Thank you. Yeah, right Um, before, right right, right right on our break. Exactly. (laughs) And that that does help um, with food and, and fuel. So, you know, it costs a lot of money to yep. to to run a food shelf because you, you have to stock it, right, with groceries. And we know right. that groceries are not cheap right now. And healthy groceries because exactly. if, you, if you go the ramen noodle route, that right. may not be the healthiest thing right. to eat It'll every day. It'll fill you up, but it's not nutritiously right. sound. Right, exactly. So. That's great. So uh, I have another note here. Child care food program, is that – Different or just folded into the uh, food shelf? What totally is different. Oh. It's a great program. Um, it's actually run by uh, two staff folks who have worked there for a long time, Pat and Rachel. And it's it works. Um, they work with uh, home daycares. So if you are a ah. home-based um, child care provider, um, you can provide snacks and nutritious meals to the children that you are taking care of. And you can get reimbursed for those uh, meals through the federal government. And Pat and Rachel actually administer that program. And it's not just that Pat and Rachel go out and you know hand a check to the person. They there it's a it's a strict program. They go to every daycare three times a year and audit them to make sure that they're actually serving these nutritious meals. They provide workshops um, to help them uh, know how to prepare nutritious meals. During the pandemic, they provided everyone with an instant instant pot to help them make meals, you know, easier mm. for them. Um, and it's great. So if you're, if you're a home daycare provider and you're registered and you're not in the child care food program, you should definitely um, check out our website, nice. capstonevt.org, um, and check out to see if that's a program that, that you're interested in. That's great. Uh, COVID must have increased all of these numbers of people at the food shelf, at the daycares. I mean, it's really hit us hard, I think. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. COVID in the in the throes of COVID when people were getting the stimulus monies and they were getting the advanced child 
tax credit and they were getting meals and food boxes, we actually saw a decrease in people using our food shelf. Oh. But you know what, Pat? That makes sense. Well, sure. Because if you have the money, you're going to pay for your own food. Right. You're not going to come right. to the food shelf, right? Yep. Plus, it was hard for people to get there. They often relied on rides or transportation and nobody wanted to like get into a car with someone else. Right. Um, but, but even still, it's now that those are, now that those benefits are all gone, we're back up to our regular. Wow. And so you, it, to me, that's just proof that like when people have the money to pay for the things they need, they're going to buy the things they need. You know what uh, came uh, that I got very stressed out about? Remember when they gave boxes of food? I think the uh, the um, National Guard was involved, and they did it at um, uh, the Granite Museum somewhere, and they were giving out boxes, and there was a lineup. Somebody spent like eight hours waiting yeah. for this box of food. I, I was like blown away because maybe if some of them didn't really need it, but that line, there must have been a whole lot of people in that line that needed that food. There was food. a lot of unknowns then, right? Yeah, we right. didn't know, like, you know, were, was food going to be scarce? I right. mean, I remember going to the grocery store and <laughs> seeing that there was no chicken, right? And I'm like, right. where's the chicken? Like, what's right. happening, right? And, right. like, we have never experienced that in my lifetime, certainly. I know my parents' lifetime, they, yeah. you know, lived through the Depression um, when right. things were a lot harder. But, right. um, you know, I think that there were a lot of scared people. People who didn't know if right. you know food was going to be uh, scarce, and so I right. think there were, could have been some hoarding going on for oh, sure. For sure. Um, and you know, it's even me. I'm like, okay, do I have enough toilet paper? Right? Oh, like, the, oh the old toilet paper. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that, that was. was I don't know how that, that started. Um, do you know? You must know this. Four out of five Vermonters, that's the latest numbers, deal with food insecurity. That's 40%. I just find that appalling in an agricultural state. What the heck is that about? I, I don't understand it. That's, well, it used to be lower than that, and now it's after COVID, 40%. And I think that really a lot has to do with inflation and mm-hmm. um, the rate of uh, people's incomes just not Keeping in in pace. I mean, you know, when inflation was eight or nine percent, people weren't getting an eight or nine percent raise, right? Those days are long gone. Right. And there were some things that were, I mean, eight. Eight is the average, right? So, you know, there were things like fuel, which was like 30%, right? Right. And so it really, um, like, like we were talking about on the break, um, food becomes a, um, it's one of those discretionary right. uh, pieces in your budget. And right. so you're going to forego food before you forego your mortgage or your taxes right. or your rent or your car payment or your credit card payment, right? So um, so you're going to, you know, need to use like a food shelf right. or um, or apply for, for three squares. Right. That's another thing that folks, you know, I think there are, there are a number of folks who um, who for whatever reason don't apply for three squares but don't think that, Oh, there's, I need to save it for someone else. That's not how it works. Um, there's enough money for everyone who qualifies for three squares. And even if it's just, you know, $25 a month, I think it's worth, you know, applying sure. for, but you know, it could be more. It could be a couple hundred, but that's actually what's also happening right now. The pandemic, um, boost in food stamp in three squares dollars is going away in March. So mm. folks are going to be seeing, a decrease in their food stamp benefit. And that's going to actually have a big impact on the charitable food system, like our food shelf. Right. Capstone. right. Um, I was asking Liz on the break, um, 
can anybody go to the food shelf? Do they have to prove income? Do they have to prove anything um, where they are um, income-wise if they're low income or – no. So um, we allow anyone to use our food shelf um, because if you need to come to a food shelf, you probably need need the food. Um, and we don't set our rules around rule breakers, right? Like we don't, you know, right. make our policies around the few people who might break a rule, right? right. So, um, so we uh, we do have an intake process. We have an application that everyone fills out once a year. Um, and, uh, and we do ask for your income, but that's really for, we, we receive a lot of federal funding and we're required to do a lot of grant mm-hmm, reporting. Mm-hmm. So what's nice about our food shelf is that we actually have a lot of really good data about the folks who, who visit, um, our shelf, um, and the folks who, you know, use our VITA program. Um, and, you know, so an example of the, the median or, or the uh, average income of the folks who use our VITA program is around $27,000. Hmm. So those are the same people using hmm. our services, right? right? Our food shelf and, and things like that. So it's you know this is not, you know we, we're we're really talking about Vermonters who do live with very low incomes or you know moderate incomes at right. best. Twenty seven thousand. Yes, yeah, the average of the of the Vita um, wow. tax preparers. Yeah. God bless them. Yeah. That, um, thank goodness. Well, this state is very generous. Yes. And we don't have... forget, if you're a homeowner, to file your um, homestead declaration and property tax adjustment forms. You have to do it every year. Right. Um, you can do it in the VITA program as well. Um, and make sure that if you decide to do it on your own, that you read carefully the questions and hmm. make sure that you answer them properly. Because sometimes you think you filed your property tax adjustment and you checked a box wrong, and it never actually got to the state. Uh, so it's important that um, folks do that every year um, so that they can get that tax break if they're eligible yeah. for it. Well, it's great to have the service you offer because um, going to a tax accountant, tax preparer, is not the cheapest thing no, you could do. I think do. it's like a minimum of $200. Oh, for sure, and even yeah. even more, yeah. depending on how And then comp- with all those extra forms, they, right. they charge you right. for the form. And, yeah. yeah, although... Um, I think they're getting better at returning funds. So somebody just posted on Facebook. I just she submitted her forms like last week and already got the. Yeah. When, you, when you do it early, it's better than yes. when you wait like some of us till April fifteenth. Right. But uh, and we will file extensions for folks too, so that if folks are you know just not able to get their stuff together but do want to file, we will file their extension and then do it after the April. Right. Exactly. I think it's eighteenth is yeah. the deadline. So you have under in financial counseling something that. Um, um, would be good to talk about how to reduce your debt. Mm. If you re- if you only have twenty seven thousand a year income, you've got lots of expenses with your kids and your housing and et cetera, et cetera. How how, how do you get people to uh, get a handle on their debt? Yeah, it's, it advice? can be challenging. So there's a couple of things that we'll do when we're working with folks. First, we do you know free credit checks. So we'll work with someone on their um, credit report and um, and help them, you know, build their credit because oftentimes folks with poor credit have loans that are have high interest rates. Right. right? So then their debt becomes even more right. burdensome. Um, and um, so we really offer sort of a couple solutions. Some are just sort of self um, self uh, managing your debt. So sort of starting with the easiest debt and then working your way back. Um, if your debt is so, you know, troublesome um, or burdensome that it's almost impossible to pay it off, 
Um, you know, there's bankruptcy. Certainly Chapter 7 could be the easiest thing. And, you know, people are like, oh, I'm too embarrassed to do bankruptcy. Well, it's, it's a legal right, right? It's there. It's there and, and, and people do it all the time. And it actually can solve a lot of problems very quickly. And I guarantee you within a year, you're going to get an offer for a credit card. Um, the other thing is we hmm. often refer people to a nonprofit organization called Green Path, which will help hmm. folks um, sort of comp- put their debt into one payment um, at, a, at a low interest rate, and then they pay Green Path over a series of three to five years to get rid of the debt. Um, and that's just called debt consolidation. We don't recommend things like, you know, sometimes people will settle on a debt, um, and that's fine. Right. But, you know, to get in these, like, you know, midnight TV ads. Oh, like, right, exactly. Yeah, no, we don't, yeah. we don't stay away. That. Yeah, stay away from those. Yeah. I, um, somebody I heard, I was, I was monitoring one of the, uh, committee, uh, committees, uh, in the legislature, and, um, somebody I know very well said something very interesting, said that, most people in poverty or low income can't afford the rent in a in a vital area in a one that's got vitality and jobs and business so they move out of town and then they have to spend, have the cost of transportation backed which only digs the hole deeper yep. um which i thought i didn't think of things like that that there's housing available but it could be so far out in uh, Never Never Land here that, that you then have to find a way to get to work. That costs money. That adds to the yeah. the cost. And you never – it's like a vicious cycle. You can never get out of poverty. Yeah, transportation is one of those um, those really uh, burdensome items in a person's budget, um, primarily because, uh, you know, they can get – most people, even when you have poor credit, can get a car loan. You can't get a house when you have poor credit, but you can get a car mm-hmm. loan. And even the best of folks with the best of credit drive off the lot and you're upside down on your loan, right? right, I mean, you know, unless you put a big down payment on. Right. Um, And so, you know, to get out of that car loan can be super hard. And then, you know, when your car breaks down but you still have five years left on that car loan and you paid up for it for two years, most of that payment that you've paid is towards interest, especially Mm -hmm. if you have poor credit. Mm -hmm. So your car is worth very little and you owe a car loan. So. That that becomes a very vicious cycle for for right. folks, and you're right. I mean, we need people need to be living in you know more uh, congregated areas, right. like cities, but there's no housing, right? right? I mean, there just isn't, and there's no public transportation to speak right. of. I mean, maybe within a city like Montpelier and and Barry up to the the hospital back and forth, but not necessarily to the businesses. So right. you're stuck. And we're working on that. Capstones has a program um, uh, called Community Rides that we're working on uh, getting folks in more rural areas hmm. using electric cars, mm-hmm. so saving the environment and also getting people in rural areas. So that's going to be rolling out in April, um, uh, sort of a soft launch um I think working with Green Mountain Transit, um, and that's you know it's really something that we have addressed as an issue is is rural transportation, um, and you can't expect you know buses and trains to go out in the middle of nowhere, right? So right, exactly. You got to get a car out there, yeah, because it's not uh, it's not economically feasible for them to have one rider exactly from Callis, and uh, then what do you do? Right, that's not profitable for them. But anyway, um, anything else you want to? Um, uh, wrap up the show. The show. Uh, we only have a, about a minute or so. Yeah, sure. So just you know, to sort of reiterate what we do at Capstone, um, we provide ladders to economic self-sufficiency. Um, and we also encourage the folks who use our services um, to advocate for themselves. Like we really want their voices to be heard. Um, 
Um, and, and, you know, we encourage folks to testify in the legislature about a lot of these issues that are facing them, like homelessness and transportation and housing. Um, and it allows the lawmakers to learn more about the challenges that folks uh, who live with low incomes face. Thank you very much, You're Tracy. welcome, Pat. Pleasure to have you on here. Thanks for listening. I'll see you Thursday. This is Pat McDonald, uh, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV.